That's KC may contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for the ears of some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 28, right? Yes. Yes. <gasps> Two episodes from 30. Oh. Wow. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Next week, because this will come out after, I'm going to say it now, again, next week will be my birthday, next Wednesday. That's very true. <sighs> yeah. And then... And then no longer a quarter of a century old. I'm a quarter of a century plus one year old. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Uh, oh, um, and I'm Hillary Holt. I'm Hillary Ballinger. <laughs> and we do true crime, paranormal, Kansas City, surrounding areas, uh, Missouri and Kansas, uh, slash either state, whatever we find interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week is Paranormals, because it's an even week, uh-huh. even Episode number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we also do... Oh, dang it. Why do we... I keep putting stuff away. Uh, we also do have local treats, beverages. Usually beverages, because it doesn't sound as terrifying when we drink instead of when we munch. <laughs> uh, but I got mine is... And we switched, we switched uh, states with our wines. Or what we do, what oh, we yeah. cover. Hmm, look at that. Hmm. Uh, mine is Stone Pillar, which we've had them before with uh, Supple Sultry Secrets. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, like their names on bottles is hilarious. Uh, the Stone Pillar Vineyard and Winery. This is a redneck rose <laughs> from Kansas. Um, back of the, bo- the label. Uh, it says, In memory of Jake, our beloved pet. Family pet of nine years. There's a picture of a turkey on the front, by the way. Uh, while checking out grain fields one spring afternoon, George and Frank Hoff happened across a mother turkey crossing the road with her chicks. George ab- <laughs> abruptly said, let's get one. And Frank pulled over. After catching it, they wondered what they, oof, they wondered what to do next. They convinced Uncle Tom and Aunt Marcy, it would be a good, a, a great addition to their collection of chickens and other fowl. Tom decided to name him Jake, and Marcy nurtured him until he was ready for life outdoors. Jake brought joy to all who met him, and especially loved to strut for the ladies. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, that Lord. is so funny. Anyway, about the wine now. Uh, Redneck Rosé is a semi-sweet wine that pairs well with uh, barbecue, spicy dishes, and strawberry desserts. 
Well, that's specific. Uh, serve chilled 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Cheers. 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 Mine's only chilled because it, I was came from the outside. Uh, I, I was came from the outside. I was outside and came inside, and that's what happened there. Um, <laughs> there you can see check out their stuff at www.stonepillarvineyard.com. Nice. Yeah, in Olathe, Kansas. Hmm. And yours is the huge. <laughs> Drinking the huge. I still have my box of St. James Winery <laughs> wine, so uh, thanks, St. James. Um, I'm still drinking the box of it. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for making the wine, not thanks for sending us anything yet. Oh, yeah, no. Thanks just for making the fucking wine. <laughs> Thank you for no making one gives us anything. all of your wines. No one will give it to us yet. I need to write emails, but I haven't yet. That's okay. It's okay. It'll happen one day. I mean, this is obviously lasting me a while, so. Yeah. Surprisingly, I've been trying not to drink as much. I know. It's been very weird. That's good, though. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paranormal yeah, Week. Yeah. Anything? Oh, pre-show stuff. Uh, pre-show stuff. Pre-show stuff. Wait, what was I? Oh. Okay, I'm gonna, while you do pre-show stuff, I'm going to think of my thingy. That you were going to say? My escape room tip. Oh, yeah. Well, that's towards the end. Um, I know. But oh, yeah. I'm, while you're doing that, I was going to think of it because didn't we? Never mind. I don't think oh. you have it in the pre-show notes, do you? No. But I think we thought of oh. Yeah, I thought of something. Today, for while everyone's. From ridiculousness today. or was it from today the other day okay but obviously you'll, my brain you'll think in your brain not letting me it's not letting me uh, recall what the fuck it was that's okay um so i looked at uh, like our stats and stuff which were at like a thousand listens on soundcloud which is nice but that's just listens like per episode mm-hmm. so if we had people listen to every episode we'd have 27 times a bunch i don't know why i wanted to do that math but it's every times listen, a thousand yeah, I don't be know. Divide it. If you did 27 divided by 1,000, that would be how many people actually listen, but that's oh, not I how that works out. I don't know. I don't think. What? I don't know. It just listens. How many Math. listens to tracks and stuff for like over 1,000, which is awesome. Hey, at least we have more than one. Hey, yeah, true. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. Um, is But <laughs> on the stat, it gives me like uh, countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's someone in France and in Tokyo that have been like binge, binge listening in the last week. So that's amazing. Thank you. Whoever you are, if you want to, if you're on the Twitter or on the Facebook, you can let us know who you are. Cause books, we want to know. Faces. Or if you, if you, and if you're on the Facebook, uh, you could check us out on that Facebook group. You know, that's KC's uh, Chitty chat chat. So join us. Cause there's, Mm-mm-mm. there's, there's four people in there. Yep. Yep. But it's fine. We appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody in there. Everybody. Everybody in our club. It's getting tipsy. Most but like you've got to buy it yourself because we don't have enough for everyone. <laughs> well, that is very true. True, true, true. Oh, that rosé is very good. It feels a little bit colder. That's fine. Okay. Mine. Um... I got mine from a suggestion from um, from the group of, and that's why we drink was specifically the fitness like support group thingy, uh-huh. but on Snapchat. Uh, Katie, I believe is her, yeah, Katie is her name, because uh, her husband used to live in like Joplin. Uh-huh. It's like the, the Spooklight, or often, or aka the Joplin Spooklight, or the Tri-State Spooklight. So here's the deal. Spooklight. Spooklight. Spook. Spooklight. 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 Hmm. 
Hmm. Just spook. Spook light. Uh, sounds funny. The more I know. Like spook light. Um, we're just, uh, yeah. But I, I thought, uh, yeah. Here's the deal. I'll say it again. I know I said it twice, but that's, I can't get on track unless I say that. Um, uh-huh. I was under the impression that it was just like in Missouri, but doing research, um, I found that it's kind of technically not, but it's uh, too late. And I did all the research and there's enough of it. So whatever. <laughs> enough close I mean, it is I'm, it, not, I'm it's, not gonna get after yeah, you it's close enough it's a neighboring area so okay uh so it is actually in oklahoma near the small town of uh copa cupa what copa q-u-a-p-a-w that's what i'm trying to look up how to say it but i've okay. said it three different ways so Hey, um, there you go. <laughs> however, it is most often seen from the east, uh, which is Missouri. So, mm. uh, which is why it has been attached in parentheses to the tiny hamlet of Hornet, Missouri, and the larger, better-known town of Joplin. Mm. See, gotcha. So, there you go. Um, according to the legend, the spook light was first seen by uh, oh, sorry, native. I tried to change all of. Some of the terminology, but I skipped, missed some things. Instead of Indians, Native Americans. Yes. By Native Americans along the infamous Trail of Tears in uh, 1836. Yeah. Which is very... Yeah. I mean, take it from the name. It's very sad. Yeah. Trail yeah. of Tears. Trail of Tears. And if you don't know, Google, Google it. it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because we you should know it. by now if you've gone through at least high school. Well, Yeah. I feel like I don't know, I feel like we learned about that in middle school. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Trail of Tears. However, the first official, which is bullshit, because how are you not gonna believe Native Americans anyway? First official report occurred in 1881 in a publication called the Ozark Spook Light. Spook Light. <sighs> Whatever. Um, but the bald fire, described as varying from the size of a baseball to a basketball, dances and spins down the center of the road at high speeds, rising and hovering above the treetops before it retreats and disappears. Others have said it sways from side to side like a lantern being carried by an invisible force. In an event, the orange fire-like ball has reportedly been appearing nightly over, for well over 100 years. Aficionados, or locals, <laughs> say the best chance for spawning the light occurs after dark, uh, like between 10 p.m. and midnight, when parked on Oklahoma East 50 Road, four miles south south of the three-state junction of Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma, hence Tri-State, uh, in Ottawa County, Oklahoma, and looking to the west. Uh, you must sit very silently as it will shy away from large groups and loud sounds. Oh, mm-hmm. so not my family. No, not my, my family, family cannot either. go. <laughs> that whole part of my family on my, my mom's side, I think. So let's go. Just kidding. <laughs> so let's just us two. So let's go. Maybe Dylan. My family can't go. Nah. Maybe. No, yeah. Just nah, us two. Nah, fine. Okay. He's not quiet. We'll drive. What are you talking about? True. He's, Sometimes. He doesn't know where he is half the time anyway, so. True. <laughs> That's very true. Or he gets bored very easily. Yeah. Um... Uh, let's see. Where did I stop at? Yeah, in, light, in light, loud sounds. The light has been seen in backyards of the area as well as spotted both near 
too, and far away from sightseers, sometimes even reported to be seen inside of vehicles. Oh. A few people have been walking along the road at night and have even claimed to have felt the heat of the ball as it passed near them. Oh, my God. Right? Its color is also not consistent. Some eyewitnesses report a greenish glow, while others describe it as orange, red, yellow, or even blue. It is almost always said to be in the shape of a ball, although some say it more resembles a camping lantern traveling a couple of feet off the ground. So hold on to that part. Uh, let's get to some legends and lore. Uh, ghosts, first is the, it could possibly be the ghost of a native couple. Uh, a native warrior fell in love with a girl of the Kopa tribe. <laughs> But the maiden's father, the tribe's Aww. chief, asked the young man for a very large payment for his daughter's hand. Uh, as he could not pay such an amount, the uh, lovers eloped. However, their escape was quickly, quickly discovered, and the chief sent a party to capture them. The couple knew the severe punishment that they would face if caught, so they took a terrible decision. They committed suicide by jumping off the rocky cliff on Spring River, which is known as Lover's Leap or Dev Devil's Promenade. Their ghosts now haunt the region and are the source of the glowing light. In his uh, 1947 book on folklore of the Ozarks, Vance Rud Randolph <laughs> mentions the ghost of an Osage chief who uh, was murdered in that area and another variant of the native couple, the native girl, killed herself in the river after learning that her boyfriend died in battle. An interesting mm. twist to, lover's leap, to the lover's leap legend, it says. Um, but also, mm -hmm. okay. Um, and then it's got a little, it gave me a little info about the Devil's Promenade, so because it's interesting. Yeah, uh, the upper part of a geological formation known as Boone is a thick body of hard gray, shirty, shardy limestone yeah, uh, that is exposed along the west bank of Spring River, just below the Kansas Oklahoma state line. This rock shelf is known as Devil's Promenade, and the rock is made from. The Charty, Charty, Shirty, Shardy, C H E R T Y, Shardy, Shoddy. I don't know. Shoddy, wanna. Uh, nope. None ain't going there. <laughs> Limestone is referred to as the Lincolnville shirt <laughs> or the Kapot shirt, and no one's gonna know how to pronounce anything. I don't know what's happening. Uh, the Devil's Promenade, I should have asked my mom, because that's what apparently she thinks after listening to some episodes because I can't pronounce things correctly. Mm. Whatever. Hmm. Uh, the Devil's Promenade was a self, uh, was a shelf several wide yard located 25 feet above the water, which extends along the whole face of the rock, a distance of 600 feet. It is a venue where every 4th, July 4th, it, natives, Native Americans hold the uh, Kapa Pow Wow. <laughs> I can't. Kapa Pow Wow. Kapa Pow Wow. Kapa Pow Wow. Um, oh, and then they also say, so with that Indian chief, they say the light is uh, possibly of an Osage Indian chief who was decapitated in the area, Ooh. but continues to search his lost head with a lantern held high in his hand. Hmm. So again, the lantern. But it also comes in in this other one. Uh, ghost of a miner with his lantern. Uh, white men began to settle in the native territory in, in the 1870s, and one night some uh, native natives attacked the cabin a cabin close to the missouri oklahoma border kidnapping a miner's wife and children while he was away working at the mine hmm. 
He took his lantern and began searching for them, and he was never seen again. Today his spirit roams at night, still searching for his lost family. Which I'm going to call bullshit on that one. Because it's like... Okay. Like... Why? Because depending on who told the story, I feel like it's just a way to just claim that Native Americans are savages and will take families away from... True. Homes, which I wouldn't... If it, if it is... Something that did but happen, I it have, was probably provoked. I was like, but I have heard of them doing it when they move on to their land. They're like, well, yeah. fuck you, I'm going to do something yeah. bad. So, it does so, happen, but yes, it does it happen, but it's pro- from being provoked, not yes. just like, like, I don't know, like, you know, millions of your people being given, uh, like, blankets that were supposed to help keep them warm, but they're uh-huh. actually, like, smallpox, or, like, wounded knee, where they're all uh, massacred, but... With children, women, and children in the back. Whatever. It's fine. Hmm. But yeah. So let's go with Native American ghosts instead of that one. Okay. <laughs> um, they have had vest- investigations to try and figure out what it is. Uh, those including, uh, or as it says, though many paranormal and scientific investigations have studied the light, including the Army Corps of Engineers, no one has been able to provide a conclusive answer as to the origin of the light. So no one knows. Hmm. So I'm going with spiritual. Spiritual. Um, uh, the, so in 1946, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers supposedly... See, I can now... I know Corps is not Corps. It's Corps. I know that yeah. one. I can't say anything else. Whatever. Uh, supposedly studied the Hornet Light. I guess it's also called that. Uh, but could not find a cause for it. In their words, it was a mysterious light of unknown origin. During the 1960s, there was a general store in Hornet that gave out information about the light to sightseers. It included a uh, quote-unquote spook light museum. There, were, there have also been various establish- establishments along the Missouri-Oklahoma state line that serve a similar function, but they have since closed. During the 1960s and 70s, the roads were the spook light where the spook light usually appears were often packed with parked vehicles and people hoping to get a glimpse of the mysterious light. Um, which the, with Katie, when she suggested it in the group, she said that her husband is, he's from Droplin and he saw it, but still doesn't believe in like ghosts or anything. And we're like, what will it take? Yeah, really though. What will it take? Uh, and then in 2014, Professor, what will it take? I know, so you, does it take a ghost to like kiss him in the face? I don't know. Uh, in 2014, Professor Alan Rice PhD of the University of Central Oklahoma investigated the spook light with a team of investigators called the Boomers ugh, and discovered the source of the light as car headlights and taillights nine miles west of the viewing point. He conclu- conducted an experiment with the Boomers and were able to recreate the light with the headlights of a car from the junction of um, East 50 and State Highway... Uh, oh, pff, State Highway thir- I, uh, 137... <laughs> Located south of Copa. Copa. Uh, Copa. Uh, Copa. 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 On April 3rd, 2015, a film was released explaining the group's theory for the source of the spook light. And then there was just ex- more information about... I actually about... Like it was called spook light. I know. Spook light. It's hilarious. Spook light. Spook light. Spook light. But, like, it gave their explanation about, like, how, but it was also, like, because it the hills and stuff it like, didn't really match up but mm-hmm. kind of did um so other explanations for the ghost light phenomenon or the spook light many theories have been 
put forth to explain the spook light phenomenon from superstitious to the scientific. We already talked about the superstitious. Superstitious. It ain't the way, said Stevie Wonder. Actually, superstition, but that's fine. Oh, my God. Um, uh, possible reason is marsh gas. Organic material in marshes and swamp can de- decompose and ferments under conditions where oxygen is not present in an aerobic digestion. And this procedure produces methane gas. The gas is also known as marsh gas, swamp gas, swamp ass. No, that's not what? in there. Actually. Like swamp ass. So, Excuse just me? kidding. That's not in there. Uh, actually, a biogas bio like the like that produced in the digestive tracts of most animals. Biogas can accumulate and the fermentation process can also generate heat, which in turn may cause the spontaneous combustion of the gas. Methane gas is the main component of natural gas and its flame can vary in color from yellow to blue depending on the oxygen to gas ratio. These fires can smolder underground for long periods of time. So, but it didn't say it can go above ground. So, <laughs> uh, pi... Piezoelectric activity. Uh, piezoelectric is electricity. Piezoelectricity is electricity uh, generated by stress forces in certain materials. When pressure is applied to a, a pie, piezoelectric material, an electric charge is created. What? Did you just say the same thing? Like different yeah. ways? Okay. Anyway, certain materials, crystals, artificial ceramics, and organic materials like bone or proteins are piezoelectric hmm interesting we're learning about ghosts and science you're welcome uh tectonic strain can compress minerals and if those rocks contain piezoelectric substances like zinc zinc oxide lead titanate quartz silicone or arsenic electric charges will be generated this electricity could heat the rocks and vaporize water and work its way to the surface to generate a to generate luminous phenomena. Earthquakes and volcanic eruptions, which cause enormous tectonic pressure, produce earthquake lights. This actually happened in Missouri when lights were seen glowing in the sky during the uh, 1811 through 1812 earthquakes in New Madrid, Missouri. When was that the, the big earthquake that made the Mississippi go backwards? I don't know. What the fuck? What? You don't... You don't know about that? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Well, just kidding. We'll save that for another what time. Heck? I'll have to look what that heck up. What are you talking about? No, yeah, but there was a giant earthquake what? that happened like a long time ago in Missouri, like in the Missouri like area, and it made mm-hmm. the Mississippi run backwards to oh. go from south to north. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Fun fact. And it's not even the one I meant to give you. Oh, my God. Uh, or they can be called Will-O-The-Wisp, a ghostly lights... <gasps> Sorry. Oh, that just reminded me of the movie Brave. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, the, the, the little blue orb thing. Uh-huh. Oh. It's like spirits. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, more spirit thing. Uh, a ghostly light seen at night glimmering weakly in bogs uh, and known also as Ignis Fatus. <laughs> it's Fatus. I'm, I'm going to say Ignis for the light, but Fatus, F-A-T-T-U-U-S. Latin for foolish fire. Oh, okay. Uh, perhaps due to marsh gas or other natural uh, chem, chem- luminescent compounds. 
I take it slow, I'll get it right, such as phosphine mixed with air, bioluminescence can also explain it, fireflies or honey fungus, what? I need to look up what that is, honey fungus, uh, reflection of moonlight, etc. That doesn't sound good, honey fungus. Mm-mm. Like, it sounds like maybe it would be a good time, but then it'll trick you. Right. You're like, oh, it's sweet. And then it just, like, turns bad in your mouth. Um, but you probably shouldn't eat it. <laughs> uh, potentially St. Elmo's fire. This is, what? Uh-huh. This is a weather phenomenon in which gl- glowing plasma is created by strong atmospheric electric fields. These can be caused by tornadoes, thunderstorms, and even by volcanic eruptions. There's no volcanoes there, so probably a tornado thing or thunderstorm. Uh, they are named after the patron saint of sailors, St. Elmo, also known as St. Uh, Erasmus or, or St. Erasmo. Uh, because the St. Elmo's lights or fire were frequently spotted on the mass of sailing ships during thunderstorms at sea. The, they appear as glowing sheets of light and even as balls of light which can glow with bluish and violet hues like neon lights. Hmm. Hmm. Law of reasonings. Um, or just, you know, refracted, for refracted light. Like a mirage, the light from a distant artificial source finds its way to the spook light area. Uh, Mr. Logan Smith from Neosho, Missouri, was the first to suggest that the lights of cars driving east down Highway 66 produced the ghostly light. Produced the ghostly lights. A reporter from the Kansas City Star investigated the matter in 1936. Route 66 was only 10 years old at that time. Oh, that's pretty neat. I didn't know that. And also pointed at U.S. 66 mobiles. Uh, U.S. 66 automobiles. What? As the source of the light. Some army engineers. Yeah, they said that that. Oh, we talked about that. Well, it's here. I'll go over again. Uh, so they studied the lights in 1946, but did not manage to confirm that they were caused by the lights from cars driving along. Would you? It, if it was cars, it would be two. It would be two lights, not just one ball. Moving around. Yeah. Hmm. There, prove that wrong. Uh, and then early 1950s, Captain Bob uh, Lofton, uh, uh, R- what is what? Anyone what? know what RIT? What? RIT after in in military names? Like retired. Retired. Oh. Maybe you're just retired. No. Maybe just retired. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of that. So that's R-E-T? Maybe, R-E-T. Just maybe just retired. retired. I thought it would be something special, and I wanted to forget it. Uh, detected that Army engineers had used the wrong road, and he noticed that Highway 66 to the south of Cupa, uh, Copa, Copa, I think, I'm pretty sure that's probably what it is, uh, had an east and west course, which could be the cause of the ghost slide. He believed that as track... Traffic fluctuated between 1 and 20 or 30 cars moving in the same direction. But at night, though, that many cars? Hmm. Uh, That could explain why the phantom lights' intensity varied so much. Oh, okay, maybe. Mm. I don't know about that. And that tail lights could give it reddish hue, too. The fact that there are some hills between the ghost light sighting and the Route 66 is not a problem because the different density of the layers of air will bend the beams of light, refracting them over the hills and back down on the other side. So like a rainbow. 
but it's not a rainbow. It's a ball of light. Also, the elevation profile show the beams, yellow air shining uphill, the siding area and 225 feet uh, is, is 225 feet higher than the Route 66 alignment north of Commerce, Oklahoma. The beams of light can reach it unimpe- unimpeded yep, by traveling 13 miles across the night sky. The option was studied in the 1960s by William, William Underwood from Carthage, Missouri as part of his high school science project. He concluded that the lights are caused by cars driving along U.S. Route 66 west of uh, Copa, Oklahoma. Apparently he got a spectroscopic reading that proved that the light was from an incandescent source, i.e. a hot filament in those cars. But I'm still going to say no one knows. Hmm. Hmm. It's still a ghost because that's what I want to believe. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Yeah, you can't tell me. You can't tell me different. Why? Because you you're gonna have to show me because I'm from Missouri. Hmm. Take that, science. You literally just said <laughs> you have to show me because yeah. I'm from Missouri. Yeah, because I'm from Missouri. And if anybody doesn't know, Missouri is the it's, show me state. Yeah. Uh, In case you didn't also know that. Called. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. Hmm. Oh my god. Uh, and also though it did inspire a little movie uh, uh, the short film of the animated Cars series by Pixar Disney which I saw that at Mater and the Ghost Light you have to what? look it up it's a little short did you see that? no that's it's a cute, cute. it was a cute little thing uh, but it was inspired by these unearthly lights yeah if you hmm. want to know how to get to the spook light uh, from I-44 take exit 4 highway 86 south follow approximately 6 miles junction r- route BB Turn right on BB Highway and follow the route until it ends. Turn right again. Go one mile. Turn left on E50 Road, also known as Spooklight Road. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, approximately one and a half to two miles is the darkest and best place to wait. So I have to mm. go there and then we'll just sit there and wait. Yeah. Mm. Huh. So That's the Spooklight. I gave the Joplin... Um, Spooklight. Oh wait, what is it called again? Oh god. Oh no. The Joplin Spooklight. Joplin Spooklight. Joplin Spooklight. That's what we're gonna say, cause that makes it Missouri. <laughs> um and oh oh that's right that's why I have this at the end of my notes. Uh-huh. Um before we get to your uh your your story, uh-huh. uh, I got a shout out um our friend Corbin Jones of Queer Tarot Visions. Because um, he's in the, um, and that's why we drink group. But someone did like a, like, hey, where is everyone from? And I was like, Kansas City. And then he commented on it. It's like Kansas City, or like from like two hours away or something. Because I mentioned it before. But he is a uh, a psychic. But he also does like tarot card readings and stuff. But he gave us a shout out on uh, his first oh, yeah. episode of on that's available on SoundCloud. Woo! So he sent me a little message. Uh, but we'll probably we'll try and have him on uh, sometime in the future probably when it gets warmer I don't want anyone to have to come down here <laughs> well, it's cold um, maybe do like a reading or something um, but it's uh, his little blurb that I'd like to read to everyone is mm-hmm. Queer Tarot Visions um, wondering where your life is going want to find closure with a loved one who's passed on curious about who you were in a past life enter Queer Tarot Visions 
queer tarot visions uh, is compromised of vetted psychics and mediums who have who've had years of practice with a variety of services, spirit contact, tarot card reading, past life regressions, you name it. Queer Tarot Visions is based completely online with accurate life-changing readings sent to your email inbox or told to you over the phone. The best parts, they are inclusive, open-minded, and strive for all, strive to offer services at half the industry standard. So what are you waiting for? Take the future into your hands today. Queer Tarot Visions can be found online on Facebook. And we go to our Facebook page, mm. uh, that's KC, you'll see that I sh- we shared their first post about their um, episode on a SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, but Queer Tarot Visions, uh, Queer is in Q-U-E-E-R, Tarot, T-A-R-O-T, Visions, V-I-S-I-O-N-S. Just in case. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see a little thing. It'll do like reason stuff in the, and that's why we drink group two sometimes. Okay. Like online stuff. But. I mean, go for it. It's nice little, nice little thing. But I, I'm not sure. It would be cool to come here and do like a past life regression or something. Uh-huh. That would be cool. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. It'd be cuckoo. Cuckoo or whatever. Whatever. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Uh, okay. You ready for your. Yeah. To give us your yeah, 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 yeah. thing. I'll give you my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that <laughs> happened. Okay. All right. So mine is about Stubbs Mansion in Lawrence. You ever heard of it? Stubbs? Stubbs Mansion. Mm-mm. I'm it's not. It really sounds really funny. Yeah. Stubbs. Stubbs. Um, all right. So Walter Stubbs. Um, Walter Stubbs, a Quaker actually, mm. uh, was well thought of in Lawrence and throughout the state. He made his fortune as a contractor for the railroad before he got involved in politics and eventually became the governor. Uh, though he spent part of his time in Topeka, he also continued to live with his wife in the three st- in his three-story Lawrence residence. Mm. The facts, um, oh, and then, um, but they also had, they also ended up getting a maid slash housekeeper, whatever person that you want to call her, um, named Virginia. So she was like, like kind of like teenager, like but like, huh? Like an au pair? Or no, they didn't no, have kids. No, just yeah. like a, like a housekeeper, oh. like a, I don't know. House, yeah. Yeah, maid, I guess, technically. Housemaid. Yeah. Renner. Um, but it was like the early, early 1900s, so it was like, I don't really know, I guess. It's like a customary yeah, type of thing. Something. Like, did you watch Downton Abbey? No. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, anyway, so they also had Virginia living with them. Um, she was basically like a servant girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She worked for them um, when he was governor from 1909 to 1913. Um, or he was governor from then. She didn't work with them the whole time. But, well, only because uh, she actually died in the house. Oh. Um, which is not so great. Oh, no. um, but, like, the facts about her death have been kind of clouded by time and probably embellished over the years as the um, as the retellings come about. The mm-hmm. legend is also shrouded in mystery because it includes a hint of sexual scandal, jealousy, and perhaps even a cover-up. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So that shit escalated. I'm just kidding. Um, so on April 22nd, 1911, Stubbs arrived home. He, Walter, arrived home after a few days in Topeka. He walked into the expansive house and climbed the stairs to the third floor. 
In the bath in the ballroom, he found to his horror the body of young Virginia swaying from a rope in a coat closet. Ha. It looked like suicide, but he went looking for his wife and had to go up um, the stairs to the rooftop balcony, where he found his the first lady of Kansas catatonic and rocking back and forth, supposedly traumatized by the death that she's that she witnessed. Mm. But was it suicide or murder? No one really knows. So, according to the legend, Stubbs' wife sp- suspected her husband of having an affair with Virginia, oh, no. so she killed the girl and, t- and trussed her up in the closet to make it look like a suicide. Yeah. The governor's wife was later committed to an asylum, according to one of the, um, one of the later accounts, um, but the story doesn't end there. The legend states that the governor had Virginia's cremated remains buried behind the large stone fireplace... So, like, in the fucking house. Ugh. Um, there's also an engraved plate on the fireplace with a cryptic message that says in gothic typeface. I don't know why it had to put be specific in typeface. It's not like, what the, f- who cares? Um, anyway, it says, the world of strife shut out, the world of love shut in. Gross. Yeah. Ugh. So, it's like, he, he was, like, in love with her sort of thing. Like, she's shut in now, the world of love is shut in there, or he's just they just try to put a nice saying on it but it doesn't make any fucking sense and who, to me whose remains were it where's it where virginia. is it virginia's mm-hmm. just, buried in couldn't the, just say in the here fire. lies virginia no well because it's like they put her in the back of the fireplace so it's like i don't know it's so she's weird, lit all the time weird, oh my god <laughs> she oh <laughs> oh no oh boy so she um her body was obviously like Entombed in the fireplace, and she eventually, um, oh, and eventually the closet that she was hung in uh, was rebuilt into a bedroom oh, where, a few, oh. where a few lucky men of the Sigma Nu fraternity now live on KU's <laughs> campus. <laughs> Fun fact this is at KU. <laughs> this isn't Justin Lawrence. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah. So, the fraternity acquired the governor's property in 1922, and over the decades, Virginia's stories um, began to accumulate. They, I swear to God, every time. I haven't yawned once today. No. God. They included sightings of a girl's, (laughs) I thought this was funny, a girl's ghostly shit. Another ghostly girl. Another ghostly girl. Another ghostly girl. Another ghostly girl. Um, Yeah, so they included sightings of a girl's ghostly shape, the sounds of footsteps, slamming doors, and flickering lights. In 1978, um, a KU journalism student, we'll call him Kevin, uh, his name is Kevin, but I don't want to say his last name, uh, set, out, <laughs> set out to debunk the story for a journalism project, and he interviewed some 50 alumni from various decades who lived in the house. Interestingly, the sightings of former students told him uh, the, that they told him were very similar, and in the end, he could neither, but in the end, he could neither prove nor disprove that an actual murder took place. So, in the end... So, they know that he... they He's pretty sure that it's fucking haunted. Yeah. Because of all the sightings and stuff, but they still don't know if it was a murder or if it was a suicide. Basically, that's the only thing that's up in the air right now. Right. So, in the end of his investigation, it, it doesn't even matter. Because in the... In it, no. Doesn't even... No. I, I understood it. <laughs> oh, my Ew. God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's see. Holy shit. Sorry. No, oh boy. Um, according to a 1982 journal world story, um, he, Kevin, then a law student, said that in his research he could find no, that no death certificate of a woman named Virginia existed. 
Uh, part of the reason was that Virginia supposedly died in April of 1911, but death certificates were not required and systematically recorded until July of 1911. Mm. So she died before they were you had to do death mm-hmm. certificates. Um, a pair of international ghost hunters were invited to investigate the house in October 1999. So Ed and Lorraine Warren... <gasps> Checked out the fucking house before they gave a talk at KU about their research into the supernatural. And they actually asked Lorraine Warren, um, like, after she, like, walked through the house, she said, Is the building haunted? I would say there's a good chance. So, fucking Lorraine Warren says this place is haunted. It is haunted. It's the stamp of approval. You don't even have to show me it. Right? Isn't that fucking cool? That is Um, awesome. So, uh, a couple of the stories. The current Sigma New Sigma New chapter president, uh, he said one night when he was a freshman, he had been up late studying until about 3:30 a.m. Obviously, uh, he finally went up to the room to the group sleeping room on the second floor and crawled into onto a top bunk. He pulled up the sheets and looked down between his feet. Then he noticed that he's he well he noted that he saw an apparition. It was a white figure with long hair. It was a girl looking out a window, and he immediately freaked out. <laughs> he said, "He said I shut my eyes, thinking that uh, thinking I was seeing things, but then I knew I had to look again. So I looked. She was still there, staring out the window. But I huddled huddled under my blanket in terror, not wanting to look again. He said, "I looked once, looked twice, and that was enough for me to know something was there. So she's just standing there. Um, and then another episode, or no, episode, Jesus likes." What am I trying to say? What? Another thing that happened. Another story. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. God damn it. Uh, it was nearly midnight when uh, Daniel, a 2013 graduate, uh, began to smell lavender. He be- mm. he had been... I know, right? Oh, he had been... Oh, sanding a room on the third floor of the Sigma New house, preparing it for August when the rest of his brothers would return. So he's doing little... DIY on the house. Mm-hmm. Um, he was alone in the house, but he, be, but he began to feel uneasy and checked the hallway to see if one of his brothers had already returned. Nobody was there, so he went back to his work. After a few minutes, he began to smell the lavender again and said it smelled like a woman's perfume or a candle. He said, quote, if anything, it should smell like sawdust in here. It was very strong, but it was very strong and it smelled like someone had just lit a candle in the room. After checking... Oh God. After checking the empty hallway again, he slammed the door shut and increased um, the volume on his radio to feel the quiet and calm his nerves. That sounds like I would do that. Mm. He'd be like, I'm fucking turning up the noise. Like, I'm not listening to this. <laughs> no, no, it's no, not no, real. No, 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 no. It's not real. Um, <laughs> ghost hunter, um, other ghost hunters confirmed the following day that he had indeed encountered the ghost of Sigma, Sigma Nu. He, his supernatural incident is one of the many ghost stories to unfold at the fraternity house, but reports of the ghosts have been around since the men uh, began to occupy the former governor's mansion. So he, it's nothing new that he's smelling. Um, the men of the fraternity house know that no Virginia is, a, is around because they start smelling the strong scent of lavender. Mm. Um, but women who stay the night often find scratches on their backs in the, oh. in the following morning. Oh. Courtesy of Virginia, rude. they suspect. So that's just rude, right? Um, but his experience was creepy enough for him to call in the professionals. Um, so that's why he called the ghost hunters. Because mm-hmm. he was like, fuck this, I'm done. Uh, and then my last and final story. <sighs> uh, I... Lawrence resident, um, 
who had never heard about the Virginia ghost story until he joined the fraternity. Um, in the second half of the fall semester, of his fall semester, his room was the Bowery, which is the former coat, cloak, got coat closet. What says cloak closet on here? Uh, and I don't want to say cloak, but then I messed myself up. So coat closet. <laughs> Club closet. Club, blah, blah. Uh, where the governor allegedly found Virginia's body. Uh, sometimes he said he set he would set his alarm, but in the morning it wouldn't go off. Um, but in every other room that he would sleep in, his alarm would work just fine. So something's going fucky with his alarm. Something's going squirrely. Um, other nights he wasn't. He didn't get restful sleep at all. Uh, he would wake up constantly, like every other hour, and be sweating. Mm-hmm. And then he said so. And then other nights, his dreams were very un, were very unpleasant. He would dream oh. about not death per se, but just very bad things. So I was like, oh, that's not very cool. That's not nice. Um, then he said, oh, not he said, but about about a a little while ago, a freshman pledge said he and another student were awake in the house late late at night on a weekend when few members were there. Uh, they said I heard the sound of two or three young children running up and down the hallways, making a lot of noise. They went out to investigate, but no one was there. They go, we don't know if any experiences of children since Virginia's death, but that could have definitely been a possibility before mm. they even moved in. So they're thinking possibly someone else is there too. Um, so maybe it's not all just Virginia. But yeah, so maybe Virginia's walking around scratching people. Really? Ugh. Hey. Can you she wants out to be the cute one. <laughs> she wants to be the cute one. Mm. Maybe she yeah. was a cute one. Maybe she was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is the Stubbs Mansion in Lawrence. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did you figure out your tip? Uh, I did not, so go ahead. Okay, I'll do my thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so my KC fact uh, is uh, the fountains at Kauffman Stadium, commissioned by the original Kansas City Royals owner Ewing Kaufman, mm-hmm. are the largest privately owned fountains in the world. What? Right? That's awesome. I know. <laughs> <sighs> so excited, I was you had so to yawn excited about that it. I had to yawn. Which yeah, which is I mean, I guess I haven't really been that close to them. Maybe once, but I didn't realize that they were that big. I guess. Well, the fountains are huge. Yeah, yeah. they are. They go like they're at least like one. Because they're like, is it two stories? Is it sep? Are they separate? Or are they all like they flow on each other? What do you mean? Like, they're, yeah, there's like oh, yeah. different steps, different levels, levels to it, but they're but not they're like all, they're all connected. They're not like right. seven levels. Oh. Well, there's two different sets of them. Yeah. Like one on the left side, one on the right side. Hmm. And then they have like one little. Well, no, they, I don't think they step down. Actually, no, I think there's just the one pool, and yeah. then the fountains shoot up. Out of those. Oh. But they shoot up really fucking tall. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. But yeah, that's that. <laughs> okay, didn't give me much time to fucking <laughs> think, know, did you? Okay, thanks. Uh, Crap. Um, I could have sworn I told you to write that down. Did you write it down anywhere? No. I could have sworn you had a little piece of paper one oh. day and I said, oh. Oh. And I said, hey, write this down because this needs to be my escape room. Tip. Do you have it? I don't know. Maybe you have it. Oh no. Oh boy. Um, if not, I will think of something. Um. Nope. Uh. What's this paper? Uh. Nope. nope. It's. Could have sworn you wrote that down. I feel like I did, but I think that was for a different episode. Oh okay. I don't um. Know. Nope. Just. Like, oh, check. Nope. 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 Nope.
Fucking notes. How do you have so many notes? I take notes. Those are duh. Notes but on of what? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> yeah, I would. That's why I asked. <laughs> no, it's not in here. Okay, it's let sketch me, ideas. Let me think. And, um, I feel like there was one today that was different. Um, hey, at least we did the research. <laughs> At least we did good research this time. And That's enough true. Time. Um, uh, was it something about finding thingies? Or was it about um, treading the fuck up thingies? Or Oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I really don't remember what the hell it maybe, was. Have we talked about kid ages going in yet? Have we talked about that? I yet? think so. Um, uh, what was something from today? Because we also uh, had multiple fucks today. Uh, oh, um, when we're, we're giving a hint and then they just, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when okay. we're, okay, so escape room tip number 81. No one's <laughs> keeping fucking track anymore. <laughs> um, so when you are with a game master and they're trying to tell you everything that's supposed to be happening in the room. Um, like, you know, here's your freaking rules and shit. Mm -hmm. Don't interrupt them, first of all. And also, don't walk away and start trying to play when we've clearly just said, you don't, you're not going to get started just yet. We're going to go over a few more things, and then you can start playing. Mm -hmm. They don't listen. No. And then when they ask for a hint as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that happened several times uh -huh. for one group at yeah, least. Yeah, they today. call through the freaking intercom or something and call for a hint. We try to give them a hint. And they just walk away from the damn intercom. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't get it. Why, people? Because, like, I'm, there's a tip. Don't be a dick. Right. It's just like, don't, that. don't, don't you walk away from me. Right? It's just rude. It's rude and, like, rude. you're going to have to call back anyway because you didn't hear everything that I said. Exactly. And, I'm and they do not going to continue. They're like, yeah. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? No. Actually, I can't because you're freaking rude the first time. Right. Use your manners. Just sit there and listen manners. until uh, until you hear that it's hung up and there's no one talking to it's you. It's like anymore. kindergarten manners. Right. Like when we answer, you don't start talking before we answer, right? So stop talking until we're done. And don't walk away. You don't Get back walk here. away. Get back here. It's very irritating. Cheese. Gah. Okay. Game <laughs> room tip. Oh, yeah. What number was that? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. I. Yep. Mm -hmm. Eighty-one. Hmm. There it is. Well. Hmm. And that's Casey. Oh, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. We're getting better. I know. Where's my mouse at? There it is. Okay. There it is. Woo. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hi, guys. Don't forget you can listen to That's Casey on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. If we are not on your favorite podcast directory, let us know. You can chat with us on the Twitter or Instagram at That's KC Pod and Facebook at That's Casey. If you'd like to help keep the local liquor, food, and this podcast flowing, you can support us on Patreon. If you have suggestions for local Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas food and drink, or, you know, would like to send us something, wink, wink, please send us an email to thatskcpod at gmail.com. P.S. If you have your own local story you would like to share or have a suggestion for us to research, we'd love to hear from you via email. Oh, intro music is provided by Brian Lawson. Okay, bye!